0: Me. and i'm joey and this week we are talking about an album that i picked last week which is called life screams by lacey sturm who formerly i guess lacey mosley at the time of flyleaf happening but uh yeah it's the lead singer for flyleaf she left the band in like 2012 ish i think and then released this in 2016 ish i think 2015 maybe, I don't know. It's her. It's her first solo album. I'm a fan of her as a singer, uh, so that's why I picked. It. I like this album because I like her. I like her voice. <laughs> that's 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 all. That's all it takes for me to like an album. Yeah, it's just just some some good vocals. So well, so that's go. why we why why we did that. You've you have listened to Flyleaf previously, right?
1: I have heard Flyleaf's like radio hits. Right, I guess
0: which is mostly their first album and then then some other songs from their other albums.
1: Yeah, I think whatever their first album was, the first big one, I yeah. only heard the radio hits and then I think I heard a couple of songs off Momento Mori, but yeah. wouldn't remember them. I wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same place except I've I really like their first album. I listen to their first album fairly often. Uh and I think it's pretty solid all the way through. But uh yeah, that's that's that that's our experience i don't i don't think we we have anything i feel like we're gonna fly through this i i feel like it's gonna be impossible for us to take longer than an hour but of course now that i've said that it's gonna take more than an hour
1: not if we go ahead and crack into track one <laughs> impossible
0: hell yeah excellent segue <laughs> rocking it out what did you think joey what was your first exposure to this like
1: Okay, Jeremy. So, we're uh, <laughs> we're starting off here. I I 100% agree with you that I like her voice. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll put that there. <laughs> the music is fine, and mm. but I'm gonna go ahead and like, I guess skip not necessarily to talking about the lyrics, but a general something that I guess we've yeah, talked no, go about. For it. Okay. Wait,
0: there's no rules here.
1: <laughs> Something that I I think we've talked about on the podcast is that I have a general distaste for religious type yeah. like Christian rock mm-hmm. and
0: th- <laughs> that's what this is.
1: <laughs> that's what this is. And yeah, not to like knock Lacey Sturm, it I read her story of how she found her faith and like it's totally awesome for her and it's great that her life has Gone has taken the turn that it did once she made that discovery about herself, but I i can't shake the feeling that <laughs> that I get the innate feeling that I get from listening to Christian rock. So yeah, so so even
0: I think this is partially why I picked this album as well, is because I, I knew it would be. Being it would be at least something out of the ordinary for, for our episodes. It would, it would be something more to it than just the music, I suppose. And, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of the context in which we listen to it. Because like you said, we have talked about it before. And I knew that you have this kind of distaste. And generally I think I agree with you. I think it's a big turnoff knowing that a band is Christian or knowing that they make Christian songs, I suppose more so than known. Cause I mean, I guess half of Corn, some of Corn, some members of Corn are, are devout Christians now. Granted, I haven't really listened to a lot of their music since that happened, but I, I can listen to Corn and not be not not have that kind of distaste. I can also listen to this album and not have that. Same for Flyleaf's first album. Technically, they're Christian rock at that point, even though I would really really like that album. So I, I think it's interesting that like it's it's so deeply seated. In yeah, your, your your musical taste that like Christian rock kind of you. I, I don't want to speak for you and say that you just like write it off, but it it has that kind of impact on you. I mean, you just, like repelled by it to an extent.
1: It kind of is, and I want to get past that. And there is definitely songs on this album that I don't have that feeling mm-hmm. about. Like, there's songs on here that. I I don't get that feeling. I don't know how to describe it necessarily. Yeah. It's just like a feeling within me that whenever I listen to it, I'm just like, like I, this is too harsh of a word, and it's going to sound meaner than I intend it to. But it, it, <laughs> no, this it,
0: is this is the first album that you're that you hate or or but, at least dislike publicly it, on this podcast.
1: <laughs> it gives me like a gross feeling internally, but Interesting. but that's something that like I will one hundred percent admit my bias here. Like that is <laughs> <laughs> that hey, is Hey, I mean
0: I'm full of biases. I, I call your album shit all the time. It's totally fine. I'm, oh, I'm not God. I'm not defending this album. I do think this this album uh I do still enjoy this album. I think really analyzing it on the level that I do for feedback loop uh has maybe lessened my love for this album. I still really like her voice. And like you kind of said, there are still some songs on here that stand out to me. but yeah, I, I can totally understand the criticism, but uh, I guess getting it into the usual feedback loop process here impossible. It starts off with some like lovely, floaty angelic kind of vocal riffing over some clean guitar and then it rises pretty quickly when the lyrics come in in the verse. And, and there's something that I think immediately hooked me with this album is that Lacey screams, Yeah, which is something that fans of Flyleaf's first album might be a bit happy to hear, I suppose. Or really, it's it's a point of contention, I think, in the fan base that Lacey stopped screaming after their first album. And so their second and third and maybe fourth, I don't remember how many albums they have. But their successive albums, there was less and less screaming and, and people weren't as into it because it kind of became more radio rock i suppose yeah. or radio friendly rock at the very least so immediately me coming into this back when i first heard this hearing Lacey, i've always liked Lacey's voice that's not going to change i listen to her in pretty much everything i can um but hearing her scream again was just like an instant like yes she's she's back kind of moment for me even though like i again i'm i'm not religious and i don't necessarily I don't have the the extent of hatred towards Christian rock that Joey does, but it's still, it's still, there's definitely something there to it that just feels icky to some degree. But uh, yeah, musically, a a lot of this album is just kind of like, it's, it's good old radio, hard rock kind of stuff. It's kind of cheesy at points where there's not a lot of like creative structure or, or, instrumentation and stuff so i i definitely think that me coming back and listening to it so intently has kind of sullied my my previous image of this album and because again normally when i listen to albums and music i'm not really like analyzing it yeah at least to this extent so i i've changed a little bit but yeah it's it's got some some cheesy riffs and it's radio rock
1: (laughs) well that is unfortunate to hear that that happened to you. I will like her voice. Oh, I mean, I'm still going to be able to listen to this. album. Oh, okay. It, it's well,
0: not, it's not changing. That.
1: Well, there we go. I, her voice is, I'd say the most unique and best part of this album, which I mean, it's her solo album. So like, right. It's <laughs> she's showing up. I think she screams really well. Like it, yeah. it, she, it she has really an interesting,
0: well. like rough, kind of grading kind of vocal quality to her but she also sings some very like clean stuff as mm-hmm. well so it's kind of it's it's nice to kind of hear her range on that kind of thing
1: yeah um lyrically uh as i <laughs> kind of alluded to um imp- the song is called impossible and like i knew what to expect coming into this because i yeah. i knew flyleaf was a christian rock band and i tried to leave that out of some analysis, but as far as lyrics go on, on this song, it's, if you know that they're Christian rock, you can pretty easily tell that this is, uh, this is related to her religion. And Brian. like the, it, like, I don't, the chorus is every morning I see another miracle. I can't believe I'm living the impossible, which I took as referencing how, just I I don't want to sound condescending whenever I say like from a religious person's perspective or like whatever, like Mm -hmm. I don't think that the the very act of life is amazing, but like to them, they believe like, Oh, it's this impossible thing that God created such perfect beings as humans or, or like created life or something. And that's kind of where I get from it. Like she's describing the very, like the very act of like, having been created as like this triumphant, great thing that she's just like, whoa, every day is a gift because I was made by this great creator type deal. Yeah. And
0: that's. So I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, and I think that this is why I think this is going to be an interesting episode is because i not necessarily trying to psychoanalyze you, but I'm curious to how much, not that there isn't already a religious context to this album, there definitely is. But I'm curious to see how far into that you read and kind of project maybe a little yeah. bit onto it. Because at, there's, there's definitely a surface level here where, like you said, I mean, every morning I, I see another miracle. I can't believe I'm living the impossible. We are the sign, we are the wonder, another day of living the impossible or whatever. And to me, thinking. A, I I think just to get this out of the way, I think the lyrics in this song specifically are kind of generic and boring, but I I think if you took this out of a religious rock context and put it anywhere else, there's this kind of aspect where, okay, well, she's just being proud of her accomplishments as a musician. She's living the life of a, a musician, a professional musician who gets to play music for a living. And that is what, she is considering impossible not necessarily the fact that she is alive kind of a thing yeah however mm -hmm. oh good good oh
1: i was just gonna say i ended up after like i had said i looked into kind of her background and everything and another angle that i tried to take this album from was like she's talking about it being living the impossible as having made it through her early life and come out on the other side because it sounds like she just had an extremely rough upbringing and to be to have the kind of success that she has had after that could be another interpretation of living the impossible.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's probably valid. I, to, to be completely honest, I have not looked into her backstory or anything. You've done more research on her as a person and and her context than I do. So you, you have, I would say a more valid uh, understanding of, of her perspective, perhaps on things but yeah i i i don't know this song's kind of generic otherwise to I me mean, <laughs> it, like it, it's just like this generic kind of prevailing despite how impossible some tasks might be and i i feel like you can kind of plug yourself into a lot of these each verse is kind of like talking about a different angle of struggle and and how they're becoming more than that it's kind of weird cuz the, th- the third verse always stood out to me she says, "I choose to be alive, especially because the odds say I should die. I wrestle death again, and I know more of his moves now, and I won't give in." So that kind of, like, to me at least, brings in the suicidal aspect of it. Yeah, where she's like, she's she's familiar with. I mean, she's she's personifying death and saying that death is her struggle, at least in this verse, even though it's not necessarily in the, in the other verses. But it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a darker context than. And and I guess it's not necessarily darker than Flyleaf because Flyleaf, at least on the first album, handled some pretty heavy shit for especially for a Christian rock band. But like even coming into this, I guess with the music and, and everything else, it, I don't know, th- this verse always kind of catches me off guard because it's it's so much darker than than I expect it to be for some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, think like the context of suicidal thoughts or wrestling with death. Definitely. I mean, it sounds like whenever she first found her faith, she was in that yeah. place anyways, which would make sense if that's the subject matter. It definitely sounds like she is quite a soldier for getting through what she got through.
0: Yeah, she's she's the soldier leading the charge right under track number two, the soldier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not to use a segue to diminish anything that she's gone through, but I I had to make the segue there. I mean, it's it has to be. I don't what, think that was diminutive. I think okay, I think we're good.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I think people knew knew what was happening. Okay, people cool. can't tell what when we're seguing by now. Then I don't know what to tell them. I guess. Then, I guess.
1: Then they haven't soldiered through enough of our episodes yet. I guess. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. This one's. A, it's a bit kind of like slower and not really slower. I suppose it's. It's kind of like got this groove to it with the bass. There's almost this odd time signature deal going on with it. I think but it kind of goes back to the kind of a standard 4/4 in the chorus but uh yeah it's 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 a song <laughs> this, <laughs> it's a- this album's kind of I mean honestly like musically it's just generic radio hard rock stuff for the most yeah.
1: part. Yeah. This one it it was different enough from the first song that <laughs> I I it started out in a better place for me which I mean yeah. a slower song a decently cool drum beat. And whenever the acoustic guitar comes in, it gets a better feel about it. Like it was something a, at least a little bit more unique than I felt like the music on Impossible was. So that, and I, I feel like her voice went, it complemented the music, like the music, I guess, complimented her voice better with the way she was singing on this one. Whereas yeah. the first one, I felt like her voice was just leagues better than the music, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and this song kind of went more hand in hand, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I can I can see that. It 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 does change things up a little but it's it's nothing that is out of the range of, of at least what I would expect from this yeah. kind of music. Lyrically, uh this one was kind of a, again, I'm I'm curious I actually want you to, to go first on all of the lyrics now. Okay. Just to see like how how drastically different I don't want to influence your I don't want you to pull back from your Christian uh projection onto these lyrics.
1: See, I was specifically trying to go into this not right necessarily relating everything to a christian connotation because i don't know i i i feel like that's that's a point that i need to work at in the same way that at a point in my life i had to work at actually giving like female singers a chance yeah and this one i felt like it was easier to separate from a religious connotation because It really could just, it's mainly about standing up to people and not giving in on what you believe, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, to her point, not to necessarily bring it right back to Christianity or religion in general, but in the space that she's in, I mean, I know there's a big Christian rock fan base out there, but the general radio hard rock, especially of the time that like Flyleaf was out and stuff, it religion wasn't like super cool or anything. It's not like you're, I don't, when it comes to rock, it's Christianity or just religion in general has never really been a cool thing. And I can imagine she felt pressure from other people to, I don't know, not put it in her music and not necessarily that this is the only thing that the song is about. It's really about standing up for what you believe in, but Mm -hmm. this one, it could literally be about her standing up for what, her actual faith, I guess, in this situation.
0: Yeah, I think it's, there's also probably some, some pressure from the other side too. I would imagine being a Christian rock artist, especially on the caliber of, of Flyleaf and stuff where it's, there's a lot of screaming. There's a lot of heavier stuff going on in the music that there, there were probably friends and family of her that were Christian saying like, no, you don't need to be doing that kind of music. You can make more pleasant music for to to you know praise jesus or or whatever that is their intention is i don't i don't mean to be dismissive but the, praise jesus yeah but like i mean the, the the idea of christian rock and christian hard rock is kind of an interesting perspective in itself because I think historically rock and roll has been the devil's music. Yeah. Right? So, so I feel like she was probably getting pressure from both sides There with people in the rock community being like, no, you don't need to, you don't need to sing about your religion. And then people from her religious upbringing being like, no, you don't need to do rock music. You need to do praise, worship music or whatever.
1: Yeah. That's gotta be a fine line to walk. Um, and I think, I honestly think part of that is why, maybe I get that taste in my mouth whenever I listen to it and not that it's necessarily disingenuous, but that it feels not, I'm not really talking about her specifically, but part yeah. of it almost feels try hardy in the yeah. way that's like, we're going to
0: kick ass in the name of the Lord, like type deal, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, it, it feels like a parent <laughs> trying to like be hip. Right? Yeah.
1: Somebody's walking up to you like, it's like the counselor that sits in the chair backwards and flips the yeah, cap around yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to rap with you guys, but it it can work. It can definitely work. And there are points on this album where I don't get that feeling. So, and not to only rail on Christianity, there's some people that take like the Satanism de- devil worship oh, shit sure. way too fucking far <laughs> where you're like, come on, dude, like this is so cheesy, but
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think yeah, it's really just the extreme the extremes of lyrical content that yeah. that stand out, and whether that's religious or not. I mean, there's there are bands that go extreme in, in a different direction that's not religious, and, and it's still like over the top. And you're like, okay, okay, calm down, dude. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, especially like, in metal, I feel like a lot of <laughs> heavier death metal and stuff, especially that like gets radio play, is not great. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, like there's there's like Cannibal Corpse, which is. Yeah. Fine and funny and stuff, but then there's like <laughs> people like uh what what was the band anal cunt where you're like, okay, dude, like I'm not laughing. This is fucking this is over the top.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not funny anymore. You've yeah. you've passed that right into the next track, which is track number three. I'm not laughing. Ha ha <laughs> Wait, we're not supposed to laugh. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm shit. not laughing. Ha ha this, <laughs> this one does start with some laughing samples though, and it it's kinda like scattered and layered in in such a way to like evoke like this internal kind of laughing where like you would see it in a movie where somebody enters a room in some dream or whatever and everyone turns and starts laughing at them and everyone's like laughing in their mind kind of a thing and it's, it's kind of dissonant which it's cool it's fun it's kind of cheesy whatever <laughs> this song though uh i don't know if you've listened to a lot of their music this one reminds me of the pretty reckless it's very much in that kind of area for me even though i think lacy handles her vocals better than taylor Momsen. no offense to taylor Momsen,
1: but so okay i i probably have heard some of their songs because like the bass the part where like at at first where it's just the bass and the drums come in and it's got like this Mm -hmm. almost punky feel to it i was like it sounds familiar but i can't quite put my finger on it and it, maybe that's what I was getting there because it sounded, I, I, I associated it with like emo punk rock type feel, but yeah. maybe I, I don't know. I feel like I slap emo on stuff so often, <laughs> or I just don't even know where it's at but yeah, I, mean, I wasn't part of the scene mood, necessarily. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever, whatever happens. There's also a, a really cool guitar solo on this one that, that stood out to me. I like. It's, mm-hmm. it's got this kind of like sloppy live stage feel to the tone and, and the reverb to it that I, I just, I don't know, it sets this track out.
1: Yeah, because there were slight guitar solos on, I think there was one on Impossible that didn't stand out at all. And then this yeah. one, it was like, okay, I I, I get what you're doing now. This, this is fine. This is fine I mean, This is cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Lyrically, this one, to, to me, it felt it's kind of continuing the idea of the soldier, of this like character that, that seems to maybe be afraid to speak up for themselves, which I, it kind of looking back, it seemed like maybe in the soldier, Lacey is pep-talking somebody else to stand up for themselves and what they believe in. And in this, it kind of starts to seep in that maybe it's within the context of like a verbally abusive relationship where it seems like Lacey is trying to stick up for the character that won't defend themselves in in the scenario where, where she's, she's not laughing. She, she's kind of like calling out the dude that is maybe abusing her friend and be like, no, like this is, this isn't cool. This isn't funny anymore.
1: Yeah. This one, I was able to separate entirely from religion where I just thought it was about either, like you said, somebody in an abusive relationship or just in general, like, bullies just abusive verbally emotionally abusive people and uh it it takes a stance of it doesn't really like advocate fighting back physically or anything Mm -hmm. at, at any point in the song like a lot of them a lot of hard rock songs about like standing up to abusers or bullies tend to take this line of like Oh yeah, well then I kicked their ass type deal. Yeah. And this one is more just in the line of saying, like, look, I know the reason you're doing this, it's because you don't feel good about yourself, but no one is actually on your side. No one wants to be like you. No one wants to follow you in this. You're not you're not a person that other people will be looking up to for doing things like this. Like, yeah. It takes a more like how how shit actually goes down stance on it, where she's right. just like, You're you're just you're just being a shitty person. And one day I, you're going to realize it. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's also interesting. I mean, the chorus again. She's saying, I'm not laughing. Don't get confused, which I think is kind of insightful in that a lot of, at least in, in like school settings, bullies and, and other people that are, they're just out to make other people feel miserable, start to do it for attention. Kind of yeah. like what you, what you said, like there, there are reasons that they are doing it. And there's kind of like, This aspect where they're there they could be doing it to try and get a laugh out of other people because that's how kids kids are that's how people in in high school are they'll make fun of somebody and then everyone else laughs because it's fun to make fun of other people and when someone else does it then they don't have to worry about the guilt of it but so it's it's kind of like her like snapping to to reality and saying like look this isn't actually funny this this is not what you think it is yeah and so it, it like you said it's not outright condoning attacking them it's just kind of like level setting me like no this this is this is not what you think it is this is not how it needs to be
1: yeah one day you're gonna get out of high school and you're just gonna like people are gonna be like oh yeah there's that person that was just an absolute shitbag and see ya yeah
0: there there, there's the, the bullies that are that are obsessed with how other people view them and it's kind of like vain and that that they're they're Doing it for vanity and, and for popularity, which is not not the way to be. And
1: they need to listen to track number four, "Vanity." That's yeah. that's what they need to listen to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so this one's a skit more than a song, and I think this is where the album kind of picks up for me personally. I mean, I like. I'm not laughing. It's cool. It's got a cool sound to it. Uh, I don't hate it, but this it's it's like a domestic violence skit from her end. Uh, a christian rapper that i've never heard of called propaganda (laughs) Uh, no offense to him cheers it it was a good performance it kind of feels like uh wait did i no yeah this is this is right it's got some cool like distorted and like glitchy effects for the vocals while they're like shouting at each other which is kind of fun it really emphasizes some of the phrases and feelings and, and makes things stand out a little bit but it, it's it's pretty intense but not super intense it kind of feels like a, a, a well-done like poetry slam kind of thing yeah going on between them
1: it's uh definite like beat poetry like half yeah. rap half beat poetry where it's just you you start to lose the fact that every word is placed just so mm-hmm. where it like where it's supposed to be until you catch like a line where you're like oh that that's how this worked with that other line and like right it, they're it it's works itself as a skit but you can also tell that it is a poem as well which right. w- i will definitely say hats off to them because this this <laughs> is a pretty intense song <laughs> like
0: yeah and it's got some cool like i like the the guitar tone in this and there's like the synth drone kind of thing going on and but yeah it's pretty pretty cool simple skit about Domestic abuse, I guess. What it, it sounds like, Lacey's character is trying to break up with a man that feels like he has nothing to apologize for, and and feels like she owes him, and she should be proud. It it's kind of like upsetting reading the lyrics because of how like intense it is. And at one point, he like he tells her that her she should be proud of her bruises and and wear them as like medals or something because that's how true love is. It's not always pleasant. It 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 can be painful. It's supposed to be painful kind of a thing which is fucked up
1: yeah like it was it was so weird because the whole song i'm just like okay this is obviously like a manipulative relationship abusive Mm. relationship but then there was just when he started talking about like like the bruises on your arms ain't no badge of honor i think yeah that's what he he says or he's, like, asking, like, oh, yeah, like those bruises on your arms ain't no badge of honor. Like, you yeah. know you're happy to wear them. And it was just... I didn't know if she was talking about, like, in the past, before she found faith. Like, that's... That just... That line struck with me after, as, I guess, knowing... something that
0: was actually said to her.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. just just because I know that... I don't know, in the circles that I used to run with, it was like you neglecting yourself was like a reason to be proud. Like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, well, I've done all these drugs or I've done this, like, I don't care. I really don't care about myself or my health or how I look or whatever. Like it was something to prove. And that's kind of, I didn't know if she was like necessarily talking about an actual abusive of hers or just the the abusive life that she had lived herself in the past
0: yeah yeah that's true i mean it's hard to tell which side she's actually on it's 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 kind of tropey to have the man abusing the woman but it definitely happens the other way as well and i I think it, it was maybe they were just more comfortable and not that i feel like propaganda was necessarily comfortable playing the bad guy in this because it's it's got to be hard for him to read a script that someone else wrote and be like you want me to say that you actually want me to go in on this kind (laughs) of thing when it's it's something so intense but yeah it, it definitely happens both ways if you i'm just gonna take a sidebar here if you listening the audience here uh are experiencing any sort of domestic violence there is a hotline out there i know we plug the suicide hotline a lot when that comes up i'm gonna try and plug other hotlines as they come up as well uh and this week the the national domestic violence hotline uh, at least here in america i'm assuming it's global but i don't know that uh is 1-800-799-7233 call that number if if you're finding yourself in a situation even if you're not sure if you think you might be in a situation where there there's this kind of like domestic abuse and, and violence going on but you're afraid to to say anything to anyone give them a call please they'll help you get get shit sorted in the least harmful way possible
1: man and all i gotta say about that is uh all you domestic abusers out there i hope you fucking rot you know in hell in in hell
0: <laughs> yeah like track number five rot
1: there we go which i mean i was segueing, but yeah like i, I stand by that if, yeah. if you if you abuse people that you say you love, fuck you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the biggest mind fuck. But rot. This is one of my favorite tracks on the album, if not my favorite. There are a couple of them that I marked, but this one it finishes off the dialogue from Vanity with that skit kind of coming out, and then Lacey's, uh rough vocals come in with with some of the nice ambient guitars building, and you're hit with this kind of like it's punchy and it's minimal but it still has like layers which is is kind of i guess contradicting itself but uh, there's a really cool sound to it that kind of continues the suspense until the chorus comes in and i just i don't know i i like the sound of this track
1: i'm trying to okay sorry i was reading the wrong section of notes and i was like this can't <laughs> be right this can't be right and it wasn't right so i apologize um.
0: How dare you? But yeah, it's, it's got some fun wah on the guitars and the chorus. The, there's a lot of layers of vocals in the second verse that aren't really, like, in sync, which kind of gives this dissonant feel. That's cool. And there's some really cool backing screams as well that happen in this one.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a very good song to come off the back of Vanity, yeah. where it's, I don't know, it just, after a hard-hitting poetry slam, this is a hard-hitting song. And in a sea of... The previous three actual songs being kind of like okay yeah yeah like kind of yeah. generic like kind of what you would expect. This one this one breaks the mold a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think it's better for it. I think I, I like the sound of it. It's great. I'm not gonna say it's a ten out of ten because again it, it, it's it's great for this album. It's a good song. I'm not I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not trying to sell her her accomplishments short at all. I do like this album. <laughs> th- this one definitely stands out as better than all of them so far at least
1: lyrically this one i kind of went back to the christianity Mm -hmm. angle for it where it it seemed to me like she was talking about how the beauty that holds everything outside of god's grace is like temporary or it will it will rot and the finding your faith is forever um this song, the lyrics itself gave me it gave me a new feeling where it wasn't necessarily gross it like it but it was I don't know how to describe it where I was like, okay,
0: try to describe it <laughs> It's what we're doing on this podcast <laughs> I, I
1: tried and tried, and the only way I could describe it was the way I felt whenever I was in about I don't know, third or fourth grade, and starting to have some different thoughts, Mm -hmm. but I still had to go to church three to four times a week. And I would just be listening to things. And it was like an emptiness. Yeah. I guess. Whereas the other ones kind of made me feel a little icky. This, like, this, it didn't make me feel any sort of way. It just made me feel like. I don't believe this. Like, I don't like just the, the thought that like the beauty that is outside of God's grace is temporary. It's not, <laughs> it's not a feeling that I vibe with at all because yeah. I, anytime I see beauty, I'm just like, Oh, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, I
0: mean, every, everything we experience is outside of, of God. Right? Yeah. So it, it's hard to, to justify Saying that, well, every, everything here's just gonna rot away anyway, and it's it's all temporary. Which I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, it totally is. <laughs> maybe a nihilistic way of looking at things. Like we we are all gonna die, and all the stuff is temporary. But that doesn't mean that like it's not worthwhile as well.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the feeling that even if it is temporary, and even if it is gonna rot, that doesn't mean anything to me. That yeah, of like of that's not news to me. So. I'm just going to keep thinking things are beautiful and not, not care that they're going to rot.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, that's what we're, that's, that's all we have here on the planet is what we have. Yeah. So you, you gotta suck it up and, and enjoy it. There's no reason to hate what you're, or there's no reason to not necessarily hate, but abstain from loving things that are temporary just because they're going to go away. You shouldn't be so afraid of losing something that you don't try to have it and, and all those other cliches. Like that, but but yeah, this is definitely a religious song. There's no way to (laughs) pull this one apart. At least in my interpretation of it, it it seemed more that it was about her struggle to kind of find and keep her faith while being constantly tempted and and worn down by just life in general. Which is kind of, yeah, I guess it is kind of an icky way of of looking at things. Being being tempted by vain things, vanity, or or like uh i can't think of the word for just just things products in in the world that that you want to hold on to kind of a thing which yeah it's it's great to convince yourself that you've you've let go of all material things and and you've ascended to only need those but that's for (laughs) monks in in monasteries that have that have nothing going on around them as well. They've they're on another level. I have nothing but respect for them to be clear. I just, I feel like it does come off as a little strange from, from a rock star.
1: Yeah. From the outsider's perspective, especially like somebody like one of us looking into her life. Right. And yeah. Uh, I mean, it's,
0: it's not like that neither of us, have experience with religion we, we both were raised religiously and, and we left so we have some context in that aspect like we understand that that's how they are told or to to believe and, and feel is that like nothing matters except for god god before everything else but realistically like we, we are human and we have a life i mean i guess that's the point is that christians believe in a better life afterwards but Uh, yeah i I don't know it is i guess yeah it's fair to say that we we are on the outside and and it's not easy to necessarily look in and judge
1: well if you're out there and you're thinking like us just know that you're not alone because we're you're you're thinking like us and we're talking (laughs) about it right
0: now (laughs) indeed we're also talking about track number six you're not alone (laughs) boom this one it starts with like a a ventilator beep kind of thing from like a hospital and the piano comes in and then the the ventilator kind of flat lines a bed there's got some clean guitar and some intense tom drums that's kind of an interesting contrast under Lacey's kind of fast-paced eighth note style singing on on this track um but yeah otherwise it's it's not a super standout track for me
1: (laughs) Yeah, kind of the way I described it. I mean, her voice it stays pretty clean in here, so you get to yeah. you get to hear her star voice in that way. But because uh, she does do a lot of screaming in other songs, so it's it's nice yeah. to have a change up there. But the song it doesn't musically it doesn't really do much for me as far as like keeping my interest due yeah. to the music. But yeah, there's nothing the bad about it.
0: Yeah, this is the middle of the album too, so it's kind of it's, it's a whammy of of just blandness
1: <laughs> sorry lacy
0: <laughs> no i i don't think she's gonna listen to this or be offended if she does
1: <laughs> well at least we can talk about the lyrics That's true um man so this one i also couldn't get out of the god space yeah where... i think i'm the same <laughs> i mean it's called you're not alone which on its own okay like it, you can be talk about people that you love and there's sure. people around you but in the context of a christian rock album you kind of i kind of had an idea of what it was going to be going in but it's just talking about how you're never alone because you have god i like that's kind of just yeah where where it, I went. it's just
0: it's just kind of about like finding comfort and some higher power god in this case <laughs> it was just like watching you and and kind of implying that you just have to give into it and it's it's I don't know if it's this track or another track, but at some point through throughout the tracks, there's this kind of implication that she makes that she's done all she can for this person, and she has to take a step back. And the only person that can help whoever is in the situation that she's referring to is to find God, which is kind of damaging and harmful, I think. You, sh- you shouldn't like ever take a step back from someone because you feel like, oh, I've done all I can. I mean, I guess it's it's good to have boundaries, yeah. But it, I don't know. It just kind of gave me a weird feeling of of abandoning someone because you think God has under control. Yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna go any farther other than <laughs> it's, it just seems weird that you'd be like, "Well, it's in God' hand, God's hands now." Like,
0: yeah. Uh, and I you... think I think maybe in the context of the song having that flat line at the beginning, maybe it truly is that she's losing a loved one and that they're like they've died. So at that point, yeah, she clearly can't control anything and she can't really be there to help the person. But God theoretically could could guide them to to heaven and I think that's kind of where this album goes lyrically for the next couple tracks at least for me is seeing someone die and not knowing whether or not they were saved. So you're kind of they're kind of she's Lacey is kind of just from an outside perspective fearing for them and hoping that they, they can find God in whatever afterlife travel they have to take before their final destination.
1: Final destination. Holy shit, man.
0: Is that too intense of a a phrase?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, just thinking about like up in heaven, people are just fucking like dodging trains left and right. Oh shit, like the movie Final Destination.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if they were that good at dodging trains, they wouldn't have died and gone to heaven.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. A second in heaven feels like forever. So maybe, maybe (laughs) you're not even.
0: They've had a lot of time to practice up there. Track number seven feels like forever. This one, I the I don't know if it's a guitar or if it's like a synth thing, but they have this like kind of plucky boopy synthy guitar thing going on in the verse that, that kind of sounds like sonar pings in in some way.
1: Yeah, which is
0: kind of interesting. There's some backing reverby tremolo picked guitar for some nice ambiance at, at some points in the, in this track that that kind of stands out as well.
1: Yeah, there's wubs here at yeah. the beginning. <laughs> it made it made me realize that wubs were like a thing i mean remember not realize i guess
0: (laughs) you're not not a fan of the wubby dubs
1: no i don't like it just caught me off guard i was just like, (laughs) what (laughs) what's happening
0: yeah it's it's interesting it 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 is not necessarily a standout track overall but there are some things that stand out
1: yeah um yeah, I guess we'll just get into lyrics because I, I mean, didn't have much Yeah, there we go. Man, this is going to be a quick one.
0: This yeah, one... Mean, we're already 40, 40 minutes in, so... Oh, oh,
1: my God. Okay, so this one is... Uh, it's still about God, and... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Track number seven is still about God. <laughs>
1: oh, my word. Um, but, so this one, it kind of just... I took it as at face value, which maybe means I'm dumb, but it just about like, I guess the transcendent feeling of feeling like you're in the presence of God, making it feel like time has stopped or feel like you will live eternally in heaven. Or like, I don't know what kind of fucking bonkers like (laughs) headspace are people in whenever they truly believe that they're, they're going to live forever in heaven. Like what, it just not saying that it's like it makes you crazy or anything but like i couldn't imagine honestly 100% believing that whenever you die that it's stuff's going to continue and yeah. i wonder how much of an effect that would have on the way i live my life i guess i
0: mean it, it's, it's it's a fear of dying right it, yeah. it's something to kind of coax you into being okay with dying because there's this kind of natural fear of mortality in that if when you die there's nothing else that's the scariest thing in the world for a lot of people because nobody knows what it feels like to not exist and because they they won't feel anything they won't exist that that concept is just so like impossible for the human brain to grasp i think and that's why religion was created right <laughs> to, to kind of help people cope with death I think, and and maybe it's it's not even maybe it's definitely been taken too far. At least in America, it's been commercialized and, and stuff like that. I'm all for people believing what they want to believe to help them get through a day and get through the life, you know, whatever. But it's it's definitely that, that's a that's a whole nother bucket of worms. We're not we're not going to go into to, to that too much. I'm going to bring it back in. This one lyrically, it kind of seemed to me that if the last track was her witnessing. A friend or a loved one dying and she's kind of not sure what their fate is in this afterlife kind of a thing this one felt like she's maybe thinking about her own death and her own fate where she she's talking about would she dies the, the the great line that that joey <laughs> decided to share in our discord earlier she says my mouth is cold my body whole i may explode but you feel like forever which uh, I like the melody of it. It gets stuck in my head. Yeah. It it feels, it feels extreme, but it feels like she's kind of thinking about like when she's died and she's, you know, not exploding, but maybe, (laughs) maybe it's to like say no matter how she dies, if she dies even in the worst possible way by exploding or whatever, she's going to be more alive after or because her, her afterlife is within God's domain. And that's that's the end goal. I don't want to say it's a goal for Christians to, <laughs> yeah, to die in heaven, but but it's that is the end point, I suppose. And that's yeah. that's something that they're kind of. She's she's not necessarily. Well, I, mean, I guess she's kind of necessarily looking forward to it, in, in some way, where she she's she's longing to f- feel what it's like to be in God's presence. I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess at the end. If you go out exploding, I screams, you <laughs> screams, we all screams.
0: For, yeah, for Life this Screams. Album, <laughs> the album called Life Screams and its titular track, number eight. Oh, <laughs> uh, this one. Ugh. Okay, so this is the title track. Oh. It? Well, I mean, this is the title track, right? It's supposed to be like the big one, but for for me this felt like a very like generic it's got this like generic pop piano foundation with some filtered toms that kind of feels like they're they're really trying to force an anthem kind of a thing which yeah. i mean i guess is the point of the title track but e- even for like the the album that we've listened to thus far i felt like the, the chorus was pretty bland and, and typical hard rocky the post chorus does add some kind of cool pulsing synth and some ambient guitar stuff, but it just, I don't know. It's it's a lackluster song in my opinion.
1: Yeah. This one kind of hit me in the same way that impossible did, which they were both the singles off of this album. So maybe that's like the point, (laughs) I guess, but yeah, it kind of hit me in the same way that it's like, okay, I would totally like, if I would have turned on 93 one in 2015 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I would expect to hear, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah lyrically obviously in the context of the, this album this is meant to be a religious song but i i i feel like it doesn't have to be uh for this one specifically it kind of felt to me like it's, it's just about living your life and experiencing all aspects of being alive which kind of contradicts what we were talking about earlier where she was in rot where we kind of mentioned that she was talking about everything being fleeting and everything that is here on earth is going to rot and it's not going to matter. This is kind of the opposite where it it seemed to me like she's just embracing being alive for the sake of witnessing everything that is around her. And part of that includes death. And so I think this is kind of tying back and and kind of coping and knowing that one day she will die, but it doesn't matter because she's had the chance to live and to feel and to do things. And, And there's also this kind of, undertone of kind of chasing your calling and and kind of follow follow living your life the way that best suits you and and i think in that going going with what you feel you have to do
1: yeah this song i guess if we're if i were to put a timeline on this album i would have expected this song to be before feels like forever yeah but it being immediately after it does seem kind of like Okay, but in the last song, you were saying almost the opposite <laughs> of this song. Yeah, but but I mean, that's like there's no one rule for life. So you can feel completely different ways, especially when you've had a, a twisting and turny life. Like yeah, it I mean, like I having... even from
0: day to day, it's okay to feel feel things differently. Granted, I don't know if you you should be having these drastic changes in worldview every day, but you know, it can happen. Yeah, it's all part of faith, you know. It's true. It's all part of the Christian faith and track number nine faith. Which Boom. This one, I, I'm interested to see if you had anything familiar pop up because the guitar tone and the melody here and even her vocals on this track remind me a lot of one of the last tracks Lacey did with Fire, 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 Flyleaf. Which was called Fire Fire, uh, on their their like third or fourth whatever their last album was in 2012. It it sounds very similar to this track.
1: Yeah, this one. So I half expected this to be some sort of weird cover of Faith, like the George Michael song. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I know why. Yeah, I I I mean, we
0: all know why. Yeah, we we know why. People have heard the album, know why, (laughs) but just uh,
1: I don't I guess thinking about George Michael in general doesn't seem (laughs) to really correlate to me expecting it to be on a Christian rock album but once I listened to it and figured out that it was in fact not a cover of George Michael's thing um yeah it's just like it starts off like a pretty laid-back ballad type deal I like I do like the guitar tone and the little like light melody that the guitar is playing um Then the bass and the light drums come in behind it. It slowly builds up until it gets back to the rock sound that you'd expect from this album a a little bit after like the halfway point in the song, and then it fades back down. I like the lighter parts of this song more than I like the rock part of this song.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I feel like some of the more aggressive and involved parts of the, of the song kind of feel like modern worship songs mm-hmm. at, at some points, <laughs> which is kind of strange. So I, I was interested to see if you had any hot takes on that. I,
1: I'm I'm not gonna open uh, too many cans of worms. Don't worry, Jeremy. I but yeah, I I, got, I definitely got some. What what's that? Really popular modern worship, like oceans or something <laughs> yeah. wait like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't remember it's something with water Ocean. i think it's <laughs> I,
0: oceans. I think, I think it is oceans and the only reason i think i've heard that song is because there's a video of a dude playing it on drums and he just goes fucking wild on these electronic <laughs> drums in church i'm gonna send you the video after this it's, the, yeah. it's the greatest
1: <laughs> but yeah like i i definitely got that type of vibes which i mean even I, I say modern worship songs i was hearing this type of stuff like yeah i will say i was confirmed into the catholic church way after i stopped believing just because i didn't <laughs> quite know how to
0: yeah i don't know like it, it I, was for more tradition and not wanting yeah. to like kind of bother your parents too much about it yeah
1: i didn't want to rock the boat they were they just told me i was going to be confirmed and i was like I'm already in enough fucking hot water with you all. I'm, I'm yeah. just gonna do it. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> I was Doesn't like, change the way I live. So whatever. yeah, I mean, I was like 18 at the time. I think yeah. it was way late, and I like they sent me to a monastery for like uh, I don't like two days. We had to stay overnight, and I brought like a pack of cigarettes. And <laughs> there was some girl who just absolutely did not belong there, and I was just like, "Yep, this is okay. That's fine." I'll just stay here for two days and act like I'm learning anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's wild. Lyrically, even even the lyrics I think are kind of cheesy. And this one, it it seems to just be like a kind of a a cheesy love song about falling in love with her husband and and kind of maybe the doubts that come with wedding vows and and promising and stuff. She says like, "Curses, burning my tongue. I wonder if you're if you're enough." I promised forever, am I a liar, love or oh, what have I done kind of a thing where where she, she's clearly doubting and kind of feeling, but she's still falling in love with this person, presumably her husband, who I think did the guitars on this album. I've, I
1: have saw his name a whole bunch, so yeah, yeah. Josh Sturm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it he definitely did guitar on this song at least, so.
0: Oh, yeah, we have the technology. We can, we can confirm those <laughs> <Yes>. things.
1: <laughs> his his name is on there on Genius, right next to the lyrics. Indeed. And it's also on a few other songs. So I'm guessing he just did the guitars on this this album.
0: Yeah, probably. But yeah, just kind of a love song. Yeah. Not, not, nothing, nothing too crazy. However, something that is crazy. This cover of Roxanne, track number 10, Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I my really, God. I really, really like this cover. And I think this cover is what sells me on this album. Again oh. and again. I I just I really love this cover.
1: Well, hell yeah. I like the original better. Oof. but <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: that's that's not an oof. That's totally valid and fair.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad cover though, I will definitely say like it it adds enough that it's like, okay, yeah, this it's I think it does the original justice. I just like the original more. Yeah. I guess is how I'll leave it.
0: I feel like th- it takes it. A, she added a bridge to this, to, yeah. to the cover from the original song by, by the police, to be clear that we were talking about the police song, Roxanne, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's just the guitar tone on it. It's super reverby. It's a live track as well, which is kind of unexpected amidst the rest of this album being a very like clean studio album. And just the guitar tone, the reverb is, is nice and crispy. She has some like nice soft vocals that kind of build and build and build. And then she even goes into some screaming towards the end of the chorus. And it's it just, I don't know. I, I really like it. It's got some cool guitar solo stuff ending with some ambient noise. And, and I don't know. I like the soundscape of this track.
1: I, this is definitely a song. I would not fault anybody for liking this. You better not fucking fault me. I'll kick you well, out of the podcast. <laughs> there's just some like hard rock covers that I, I hear people talk about liking them more than the original and i'm just like that's fucking gross dude (laughs) you're
0: totally not talking about the the zombie cover by bad wolf (laughs) yep that's (laughs) oh my god I, i feel you i feel you there are a lot of generic covers that don't do enough i i feel like for me personally i enjoy covers that take the song to a new genre or to a new place lyrically or or just like just make it make it your own
1: yeah like this one does, because, yeah. I mean, the original, it's in kind of like, I mean, it's in the style of the police, of course, because they <laughs> yeah. wrote the song. But I, I'm i very partial to the kind of like ska, reggae yeah. rock that the police bring into to listen, their sound. I need to
0: listen to the more, more of the police. I, I do like their sound.
1: I'm not like a giant police fan or anything, but it, every song I've ever heard by them, I'm like, yeah, I like it. It's cool. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much how I am. I I've sought <laughs> out a lot of their stuff. But I, f- I feel like in the context of this album, lyrically, this kind of snaps back to this current timeline. So I, I'm trying to piece it all together here at the end where like the hospital and the death tracks are kind of this potential future that Lacey is seeing uh, for her friend, maybe. And the, the cheesy love song is kind of going back to the start of her friend's relationship with her husband or something. And it kind of made me think that maybe Lacey is taking on this role of like a spectator or a friend or like a guide or even, even an angel to keep it in this kind of Christian <laughs> context. That's witnessing her friend dealing with this stuff. So at the beginning of the timeline, her, her friend got married. She got verbally abused. She got physically abused. And that's kind of in the mid part of the album where all that stuff happens they get into a fight this divorce happens and now we're here with roxanne trying to make ends meet post breakup kind of a yeah. thing. turning to, to prostitution to to feel loved and or to make money and then Lacey added this bridge that kind of seems like she's coming to her friend she's obviously trying to talk her friend out of the the prostitution and, and whatever that she's getting herself into and she's proposing god as a solution to that so that she doesn't end up dead in a hospital, flatlining, with her fate kind of unsecured.
1: You know, I like it. That's a lot of thought. And I was trying to fit it into the album, and I figured there had to be a way. But uh, I like your analysis. Yeah. I,
0: I think it's, that. it mostly just came from that bridge being like th- this... The the word she added, she just repeats, don't try to pick up the pieces, just leave them where they lie. I'm going to give you a new heart tonight. And to me, that was like, okay, she's trying to save someone and bring them into Christianity. And then it kind of like, I'm not saying that what I described as this album's timeline is accurate. It's probably (laughs) more personal for Lacey. I don't think Lacey's claiming herself as an angel trying to protect somebody else, but I think it makes it a more cohesive story that way from track to track
1: well the next time i want to piece the story of an album together i'll run run to you to do that
0: <laughs> thanks and i'll run straight to the final track on this album run to you track number 11. boom
1: track 11 this one is another ballad to end off the album <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's yeah i guess it's a ballad that's that's what a ballad is it's slower it's very it's got like a nice little acoustic picked melody that I actually yeah. like, and then it kind of just then it comes in with the big strums where it's like big acoustic chords, <laughs> not like a giant sound or anything, but like a, right, like you feel like you you're outside, somebody's playing guitar for you, and you're like, okay, this is
0: nice. Yeah, I think this is this track isn't a good place for me because it it kind of recaptures. Maybe this is an issue that, that I have that that is benefiting this album, but it, it reminds me of some of the acoustic takes of songs from the first Flyleaf album mm-hmm. that I've listened to a lot of, and it kind of takes me back to that place. So this, this inclusion at the end of the album was just kind of like a nice, it felt like a nod to kind of her earlier stuff. Obviously, any acoustic track she does is going to sound similar because it's her voice over acoustic guitar. And there's only so many ways you can make that sound, but it, it felt like it, it was kind of capping off the album in a way that's kind of hearkening back to things that I already like from Lacey. So I, I think even though it is kind of generic and that can be said for this whole album, even though it is kind of generic, I still find it comforting and I still enjoy listening to it because it, it feels like an extension of the first Flyleaf album, which I really, really enjoy. Isn't it
1: crazy how that works? Because I've noticed that with like albums that I've picked that looking back on them are 100% generic. Soil work comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But it's just when you hear it. (laughs) 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 It's it's like uh, just the context in which you hear it, the context you have for the artist or who it is. Mm -hmm. It can totally make what upon further analysis turns out to be. At least somewhat generic, it it makes it special, which, I mean, is why I try to never knock somebody for their music taste because there's so much more to liking music that isn't really necessarily about the music itself, right? Or at it's least not, a, it's
0: not as clear cut and objective.
1: Yeah, there is no objectivity in music. Right. I'm gonna die on that hill fight me.
0: I mean, I mean we we are kind of forcing objectivity, right? By by describing things and saying I like this, I don't. I mean I guess it's still technically subjective, but people in in general rank things and and they propose their subjective opinions as the objective fact and it's just it's just part of passion, being passionate about something. Yeah. But yeah, it it is it is a bad habit.
1: Well, this one I mean this song, okay, lyrically. We didn't even talk about the lyrics, man.
0: It's fine. We'll finish. It. We'll, finish it. We'll, we'll wrap this up quickly.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, the song, I, just really quick, I got what I got out of it. It's uh seems to be about loving someone who has left you and not letting that love go, which would kind of go in line, I guess, with your timeline, but I don't actually know that that's what the song's about, so...
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't really fit this. I, I felt like this one <laughs> didn't necessarily fit my, my narrative either. But yeah, I got the same vibes. It, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of depth to it. It's just kind of that simple, the, loving someone that that has left you and and remaining faithful to them after they've left, which maybe is not a great thing. But eh, who's to say? I don't. I don't. I don't claim to understand the nuance and context of Lacey's life or this this album or this or song.
1: love in general. Or love in general. <laughs> I <don't> love anything. <laughs> what I do love,
0: though, is Lacey's voice. Her wavering, rough vocal performances. I again, I'll listen to anything that, that she sings on. And yeah, it's it's mostly a fairly generic, inoffensive rock album. But I'm I'm still here for it.
1: Well, I'm gonna go back and listen to Flyleaf after listening to this album. So do it. That's I, that's I really like happen. their
0: first album. I can't wait for you to tell me it sucks. <laughs>
1: Well, I can't wait for you to tell me that next al- next week's album sucks, Jeremy.
0: What is next week's album, Joey?
1: Um, So I don't actually... I've heard a small excerpt of this album, and I thought it was interesting. So the album is called 1979. The artist is Deru, D-E-R-U. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's, just, that's a stage name, so it's gotcha. not his real name. But yeah, I heard a little bit of it. The other day, and I was like,
0: "Yeah, this is cool." So we're using hopefully. feedback loop as a as an easy way to slip it in and find new shit together. I'm about it. I, yeah. I like doing things that we aren't familiar with because then we kind of it. It's interesting because we don't have all of the the luggage that we were just talking about. There's there's not necessarily this. Oh, I like this album because it has grown with me, or or because I have preconceived understandings of what the what to expect from this album kind of a thing it's it's just both of us coming in fresh and, and talking about how it made us feel in a week which is fun
1: yeah i said i wanted to do more of it in our uh what like our takeaway from one year of doing the podcast and then yeah i think i did one other album that we hadn't i hadn't really listened to too much before and so I don't I, think I I've done f- too many either, but I so, failed. So I feel bad. <laughs> well, I failed all our listeners, Jeremy. I feel terrible.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Ben will forgive us. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben here at ben. the end of the episode.
1: <laughs> Ping us in Discord whenever you hear this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, do that. Tag us, do all that stuff. You guys, everyone else, everyone that's not Ben, who's clearly listening to this because we have more listeners than just Ben, uh, leave us some comments, send us some messages. Share share some love. There there needs to be more love in the world. Send some our way. Send some to yourself. Yeah, this is us sending some love to you all. Take care of yourselves and stay in our feedback loop. Bye.